You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Praising Forward, Part 2. Enjoy. We're praising our way forward to the finish line of 2018. It is not over. Could it be that the blessings God has for you in these last four weeks are greater than any blessing you've experienced yet in 2018? Don't let the calendar trip you up. God wants to do more in your life. We've got four weeks left in 2018. The Holy Spirit has been impressing me to come up higher, to continue expecting, to encourage people to look for His provisions showing up on their doorstep, to be alert and alive and ready for God to do what He wants to do in our lives in these last four weeks. In these last four weeks, 29 days. Hallelujah. Praising forward. We're calling these messages. Praising forward. I believe that what God wants to do is coming to a climax in 2018. That's going to catapult us into 2019. God is not done blessing you in 2018. God is not done blessing you in this calendar year. It's funny, I, I was editing and listening to the podcast from last Sunday, and I kept saying 2019. I meant 2018. It's true for 2019. But it's funny how that happens sometimes. Who is that talking? 2018. So we're going to praise our way all the way through into the fullness of all that he has for us. Put 1 Corinthians 15, 57 up there. Love this scripture. I like the way the King James says it in particular. It says, but thanks be to God, which, not who, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, our thanks opens the door for his victory. You see that? Thanks be to God. It opens the door for the victory that he's already given us. So we're not praising him to try and obtain something. We're praising Him because He's already done it. And our praise changes our outlook and perspective and our mindset. Go back to chapter 2 of 2, excuse me, forward to chapter 2 of 2 Corinthians. It says it the same way in the King James. Verse 14. Now thanks be unto God, which, I like it again there, which, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Always. which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor. That's the aroma. I love walking into the home when Jennifer's making something. Sweet aroma in the home. Makes manifest the savor, the aroma of the knowledge, His knowledge, the knowledge of Christ by us in every place. What, what opens the door? What causes that aroma to spread? Thanks. Worship. Praising Him. You have to consciously make a decision sometimes several times throughout the day to praise Him. Because you will be challenged to do the opposite. To complain, to fight, to argue, to be stressed. 
Thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the aroma, the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. When food is, is prepared well and it's, it's, it's quality, it's almost like you could just eat the aroma of it, isn't it? It's just so full and, 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 and satisfying. You can just sit there at the table and smell it and eat the aroma. The presence of God, our worship, brings the aroma of Christ into our lives. You guys have any diffuse, uh, what do they call those, those diffusers in your home? That, that, you know, the pine scent or pumpkin pie or whatever you got. Worship is a diffuser. I like the ones you plug into your wall because they got some more oof to them, right? When you worship God, you're plugging into what he's done for you and his fragrance begins to spread in your life. Thank you, Lord, for diffusing your presence through us in these remaining days of 2018. We worship you and praise you. Christ came so that you could have a confident heart. So that your heart would be full of confidence each day of your life. Let's put John 16, 33 up there. We're praising our way forward. Confidence isn't something you're born with. It's something you choose to have. Don't wait to feel confidence. Begin to, begin to be confident because of his love for you. John 16, Jesus said this, Be of good cheer. I like when God talks. He doesn't say try and be cheerful, right? Or work on your attitude. He doesn't say that. He just says be cheerful. Why? Because he's provided the power for us to be cheerful. It's a lot of work when you try and be cheerful. When you try and knock that, that thing that's, that's trying to, to weigh you down. But he just says be. Be cheerful. Be of good cheer. Be courageous, he said to Joshua. Be strong. Be courageous. Be brave. Be fearless. Be confident. Be certain. Be undaunted. Be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. You need a reason to be confident, right? Here it is. Jesus talking. For I've overcome the world. I've deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Ha! Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Take courage. Be confident. Be certain. Be undaunted. I've deprived the world of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. That's something to put in the oven in your heart and never take it out. Put that in your heart right now. I've overcome the world. I've deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. John 14, 27. Do not let your hearts be troubled. We refuse to fear. We refuse to be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Isn't this wonderful? This is light, right? Be courageous. 
Be confident. Be certain. Don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Don't allow yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Don't permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. This empowers us to live a different kind of life. Praise empowers us to live a new kind of life. We realize from what Jesus teaches us is that we have the power to be joyful or be sad. It's a choice that we make. I'm either going to trust him and praise him or I'm going to let what I'm facing uh, change the way I think. Interesting about this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. In, you don't have to go there, but in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says that if, you, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. God wants your heart to be confident. We just read two quotes from Jesus, our Lord. When you confess Jesus as Lord, confidence will grow in your heart because the Lord is for you. What does Psalm 27.1 say? The Lord, Jesus, is my light and my salvation. I confess, Jesus, you're the light of my life. Jesus, you're my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord, Jesus, is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Jesus, Lord. We refuse to fear. We insist on trusting God. We insist on it. We don't allow our minds to do anything else. Don't listen to the devil. You have full control of your mind. You have full control of your mind. You have full control of your emotions. Yes, you do. You have full control. God has put you in the driver's seat of your life. You have full control of your emotions. You have full control of your mind. You, the way you feel does not determine who you are. You are greater than the way you feel. You're greater than the thoughts in your head. You're greater than the feelings that you have. You're a new creation in Christ. Jesus, Lord. Jesus, my light. Jesus, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Jesus, the strength of my life. Why should I be afraid? Because Jesus is my strength. I have nothing to be afraid of. We refuse to fear. We insist on trusting God. We fill our hearts and our minds and our mouths with the promises of God. This might seem nuts. It might seem foolish to people who don't know what, what you know. But we talk differently. We don't curse, we bless. I don't walk around trying to not curse. I fill my mouth with blessing. I fill my mouth with praise. I used to curse regularly before I was born again. But I never tried to stop cursing. When I came to know Christ, I began to fill my heart and mind with who he was and who he is. And I began to fill my mouth with his promises. And I noticed that if I, you know, rammed my knee against the table or, or something ran over my foot, I'd start praising him. Yes. 
instead of what I would have done before. New stuff comes out when, when you're new, right? It's like the new you is, is ignited when you put the promises of God inside of you. It lights the fire. So we fill our hearts and our minds and our mouths with His promises and we choose to think about what He's done for us, who He is, how much He loves us. That no matter what mistakes we've made, He's greater. Your confidence, your praise reminds the devil of how defeated he is. It does. It's like a bulletin board of, de- of de- uh, uh, billboard of defeat in his life. Your praise is a billboard of defeat in Satan's life. When you refuse to be afraid, when you refuse to be depressed, when you refuse to be discouraged, it terrifies him. Did you know that? That you can terrify Satan? When you start talking about Jesus, usually people will give you a funny look. And you start talking about Satan, you'll get some more funny looks. But we have to talk about what's really happening. There's a spirit realm and we're right in the middle of it. And I know that we we have this physical realm that we can detect with our senses. But there is a realm you can't detect with your physical senses that is more powerful than this physical realm. And that's where the action is. That's where the power is. And there is an enemy that is against you that is trying to depress you, discourage you, and oppress you. And when you refuse to listen to dark thoughts, that's what he does, you know. He'll come at you with dark messages, dark thoughts, dark ideas about yourself. And, and if I asked uh, who has never had a dark thought about themselves, no one could raise their hand. Because we all have. Dark thoughts, discouraging thoughts, thoughts that seem hopeless, like there's no way that this can be fixed. There's no way that I'm going to be able to change and overcome this. Those are thoughts from a spirit of darkness. That's, that's his strategy, to introduce these ideas into your life, whether it's through just a thought, whether it's through something you've seen online, whether it's through another person, any thought that comes into your life that is less than what Jesus has said about you is not from him, is a dark thought. And you need to, to drag it to the trash immediately. Don't leave it on your desktop. Don't back it up. Don't put it in your hard drive. Put it in the trash and empty the trash. No more dark thoughts. Listen, we can't stop dark thoughts from coming our way, but we certainly can stop them from remaining in our thought life. Right? And we must. See, the the strategy is if he can introduce these dark thoughts into your life about yourself or about any... It doesn't matter what it's about. Dark thoughts bring darkness. And if you can just kind of contemplate them a little while, they start gaining momentum. This is how people become clinically depressed. This is how, what, what leads people to look for help in places that they can't... And in places that really can't help them. They're trying. See, darkness leads to conditions you can't overcome. 
Boy, we're getting at the heart of something right here. we got to go to the source of the issue. Man is trying with all of his technology and the MRIs and the CAT scans and, and thank God for whatever they can do. But there is a deeper reality and it's darkness and you've got to stop it at this level. At this level. Right here, right where you live. Don't let darkness in. Don't let depression in. You are not a failure. In fact, you're one of a kind. What would a one of a kind Picasso be worth? I don't even know. I know there are paintings that have sold for millions of dollars. You're one of a kind. You're worth more than a one of a kind Picasso. You're valuable. You matter to God. You are so important to Him. You have a reason to be joyful because the maker of heaven and earth loves you and made you and he has given a destiny to you that will thrill you like nothing else. God has a strategy and plan for your life that you would have more and better life than you've ever dreamed of. When you start going to him for help and let him change the ideas about yourself, joy will come. See, the world wants to give you a concept of yourself. They want to tell you how beautiful you need to be and what you need to do with your hair and, and your face and your clothes and what kind of phone you need to have and what kind of shoes you need to have. Don't listen to the world. They didn't make you. You're beautiful just like you are. You're valuable just like you are. You don't need to impress anybody. Just be you. Be you. Be you. We were watching a Christmas special. Uh, I won't say which one it was, but it was like one of those live ones. And I was just struck by how shallow the hosts were. Just so shallow and shallow. It was all about the, the look. I thought, how empty this is. They have no idea what Christmas is about. And they've got the glitter. They've got the lights. They've got every, all the external appearances of a Christmas celebration. But they're so empty on the inside. That's all the world knows how to build is empty things. God builds full, rich, joyful, strong, healthy things. Let God build you into the person he made you to be. Hallelujah. See, when you begin to praise him, it opens your eyes. You begin to see things you couldn't see before. And your confidence, your praise, makes the devil tremble, shake, be afraid. Look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 28. In the Amplified. I remember I was caught up in that before I knew Christ. Uh, I came to know him at 19, but prior to that I was, you know, in the public. I was in entertainment and music, and, and it was all about the look. It was all about the image. And it was all so shallow and so external. Have you ever come into a building that's nice on the outside and not nice on the inside? Isn't that a major letdown? Hallelujah. Look at this. 
Do not for a moment be frightened. Isn't that good? No more moments of fear. Do not for a moment be frightened. God is as anti-fear as you can get. He is a fear repellent. Do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. Satan's your opponent. Demons are your adversaries, right? They're real. Whether you believe it or not, they're real. For such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign, proof and seal like the stamp of a king, the seal of a king, to them, to Satan and his devils, of their impending destruction. But a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation, and that from God. Do not be frightened for a moment. Look at the Moffat translation. Never be scared for a second. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> the world produces horror films. Yeah. They don't want you to be scared for a second. They want you to be scared for the whole film. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know how old I was. I remember, you know, we didn't have any kind of guidelines in our home really, but I remember some of the, the stuff, the horror movies we'd watch. And they're all basically the same plot. There's some psycho crazy per thing that, that jumps out out of the dark and, and cuts you apart with a chainsaw, basically, right? That's about the plot of everyone. <laughs> but there was stuff, I don't even remember the name, but there was this one about being home alone, not the Christmas thing. I forget, well, I forget, or He Knows You're Alone, I think it was called. And right away, ooh, you know, you don't know, I don't know Jesus, I'm a kid. I must have been eight years old, I don't know, it was like R, you know, it was, it had all this junk in it, but we, I had a, a relative that liked to, us to watch these horror films, you know, and she was an adult and thought these were really, you know, intriguing, so there I am watching and there's this uh, young lady in her home alone and the phone rings, <laughs> and of course there's the music in the background, Right? And she picks up the phone and there's this, just this breathing on the other side. And this is back in where actually you could do, we used to do prank phone calls. When you had phones, you could, you could actually dial a number and call someone's phone. It would ring and they'd pick it up and there'd be no one there. Or you'd say, do you have Prince Albert in a can? They'd say yes. You'd say, let him out. <laughs> anyway, Google it. But... <laughs> So here's this young lady in her home, and she's, I think she's babysitting. So she's, she's the only one there, just this little kid. And the phone rings. She picks it up, and it's this psycho on the phone, like breathing heavy or doing something. The music's going, and I'm here eight years old, you know. And I'm watching it at night with my relative, and we're, the house is dark, and 
What's going on? And then all of a sudden, this keeps happening. She thinks it's just a prank call, but she's really, he, he, wait, she, wait a minute. He's in the house. I'm downstairs. He's upstairs. And now we're getting, and all of a sudden, you know, she, she tries, she goes up the stairs and look, and he bursts out, and all this kind of crazy stuff starts happening. And it's just this, this cycle of fear, one after another, after another, after another. What a contrast. Never be scared for a second. So I came to know Christ many years later, and I thought, boy, those are the dumbest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> there, isn't, there, there is no purpose for those other than fear. Why? And, and I know the people making it, they're in darkness. They don't understand what they're doing, and I'm not putting them down f- for their skills and creative gifts, but they're stupid. The movies. <laughs> not the people. I meant the movies, not the people. People are very creative, very talented. It's got some very uh, engaging storylines, but I haven't watched one since I got born again. I have no interest in them. Why would I want to invest my time in stupid things? Really. They wouldn't make me afraid now because I know that's just, that's not my life. I dwell in the shelter of the Most High God. Right? I have nothing to be afraid of. He's a shield all around me. And if a, if a psycho tries to get in my house, he's going to get zapped with lightning. It's just the way it is. I've got angels around me. God has commanded angels to guard me. Do you know that? Is that in the Bible? Where is that in the Bible? Psalm 91, he's given his angels a charge. He's given them orders. They have an assignment to protect you. But you've got to know that. Because fear can open a door, can, can, can cause you to open a door to the enemy. But if you'll meditate on what God has said about you and what he's provided for you, it will destroy fear in your life. So rather than invest my time in stupid movies, I like to think about what he's done for me. I like to meditate. Spend two hours instead of watching a movie. Spend two hours meditating on Psalm 91. Psalm 121. So, really, have you ever done that? Have you ever spent two hours meditating on a promise of God? How much money is it? What's it cost now to go to a movie? 15 bucks? Something like that? Friday night movie, I don't know, 14 bucks. If you got your little coupon, maybe you get a deal. (laughs) Or Groupon. Have you ever done that? Have you ever taken a promise of God? Come on, how many people have never watched a movie? (laughs) I don't even have to ask that. Don't raise your hand. But have you ever, instead of taking the time you would take to watch a movie, have you ever sat down and immerse yourself in the promises of God. I have over and 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 over again, and I will for the rest of my life. It is so satisfying. See, I can open this up, and I can just, you know, glance through the pages and do my chapter, and, but I can actually dig into it. And I can soak in this and baste in it and let it just sink way down deep inside of me. 
and let it change me. Boy, there's so much here. Philippians chapter 4. We, we didn't finish reading that. Let's do the Moffat. I'm sorry. Go back to the Moffat. Never be scared for a second by your opponents. Your fearlessness is a clear omen of ruin. Reminds me of another horror film I saw. It's called The Omen, wasn't it? In the 80s? I don't, I don't even remember the story. I just remember this kid frozen under the ice going, ah. You know? And I was, I don't know how old, six or seven. And guess what happened? I fell under my grandma's pond. Under the ice. Huh? Isn't that funny? Right? God got me out. My, my brother was on the shore. I, I wasn't very deep. I, I, I went all the way under, but I, there was enough broken on the shore I could just kind of crawl back out. But see, he'll try and portray these scenarios to you. What would happen if? What would happen if you went ice skating and you, you fell under the ice and you were frozen under there and you're going to suffocate to death? What would happen if you got locked in a closet and no one ever found you? What would happen if someone put you in the trunk of a car? Come on. Doesn't he try and do it? gives you these scenarios. Or even in, as you're sleeping at night. He'll try and play a horror movie in your dream. This is what's going to happen to you. No. Uh-uh. No. Never scared for a second. Your fearlessness is a clear omen of ruin. So when you start praising God, Satan's like this. Ah! Right? He's like the one trapped under the ice. For them and of your own salvation at the hands of God. Now let's go right to the chapter 4, the same book. Boy, this is good. I like just coming and seeing what God does when we gather. Isn't this fun? I like it. <laughs> Philippians 4 now. What would happen if you just meditated in these scriptures? That's something great to do. You come here and get treasures when you come to church, when you come to Highway Church. Just come, just ready to grab these promises. Man, put it in your notes, on your phone, somewhere, and go home and just eat them for days. Just eat them for days. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. What would happen if you meditated on that for two hours? I don't know what the stats are. How many hours of TV do people watch now? Quite a few a day, right? It's kind of hard to gauge that now because we have so many different ways of watching stuff, right? TV has come to mean cable, I guess, right? But how many times do we stare at something that's presenting a scenario to us in a day? That's another way of saying it. How many scenarios do you stare at in a day? Mm, this is good. I'm just listening. I like what the Holy Spirit's doing. Let me just come sit down and listen to this. <laughs> How many scenarios do you give your attention to in a day's time? Which scenarios are you choosing to let move you? The message says celebrate God all day, every day. 
I mean revel in him. What would happen if you meditate on that every day for an hour? Try it. Try it. It saved my life more times than I can relate to you. Meditating on these things for long periods of time, sometimes for hours in a day. What did God say to Joshua? Meditate in my word. Yeah, because he has a scenario for your life that will blow your mind. And as you meditate in the promises of God, God will paint his scenario in your heart. He will give you a vision for your life that no fear can ever challenge. Come on, do this. Come on, take these promises home today. Put some time aside and let the living word of God become alive in you. Let God, the master painter, create your Picasso. The Picasso of your future. The masterpiece. Don't you go through another week without letting the master give you a vision of the masterpiece plan of your life. Celebrate God all day. I can't be sad if I meditate on this. I can't. I just have to stop reading this. Right? I do. I just have to say, well... Sorry, I just can't do that. You can. You can be happy. You can be joyful. Joy has been purchased for you through Jesus Christ. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean revel in Him. Verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. So in any scenario that's presented to you, what, look, look beyond the surface. What's it trying to move you to do? Is there any anxiety behind it? Is there any fear behind it? Is there any negative view of yourself behind it? Is there any negative view of life behind it? Is there anything twisted or perverted behind it? That's a scenario you don't want to spend time meditating on and viewing. Right? Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, the Amplified says. Man, this just changes our whole lives. This just changes everything. The world is paying massive amounts of money to try and be free from anxiety. Massive amounts of money. Massive amounts of money. People are, 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 are spending everything they've got to try and be free. And they're looking for the answers in all the false, short, not going to work places. Your answer for anxiety-free living is intimacy with Jesus. See, when you're meditating on his word, you're getting intimate with him. You're, you're realizing more and more about how good he is and how much he loves you and his plan for your life. Intimacy with Jesus will destroy anxiety in your life. Hallelujah. In every circumstance, in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. With thanksgiving, not despair. 
And this is something the Holy Spirit has been encouraging me in over the years. There are times when it seems like, boy, this is a great opportunity to despair. And he'll stop me. And he'll remind me of who he is. That he makes the lame walk and the maimed whole and the blind see and the deaf hear. That he speaks and storms stop. And he, the, the reality of who he is calms me down and gives me a confidence. But this doesn't happen if I'm sitting in front of a TV watching a horror movie. This happens in a quiet place with him. Find your quiet place. Don't try and go up on a mountain. Just get in a room by yourself somewhere. Religion sends you up on mountains and out on lakes. And I'm not against mountains and lakes, but you don't have to go far to find peace. It's inside of you. I'm so glad I don't have to get a plane ticket to have peace. I'm so glad that I don't need a cabin on a lake to have peace. All I need is to know how much he loves me and to spend time with him daily to keep my mind stayed on him as I go throughout my day. The message translation says, don't fret or worry. God's pretty serious about this, isn't he? Never be scared for a second. Do not for a moment be frightened. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be afraid. Be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. What is pray? I, I, I don't want to insult anyone here, but I'll tell you what I was taught growing up. I was given an item that had a lot of beads on it. In prayer, I was told that every day you, hold, you take this item out of your drawer and you hold on to these beads. And on this bead, there's a lot of different traditions out there. I'm not trying to make fun of everybody. This is what I was told what prayer was. And then you hold this bead and you say three of this certain kind of prayer. Then you go to the next bead, and you say two of this kind of prayer. You go to the and there's a lot of beads on this thing, man. <laughs> you go to the next bead, and you say four. Well, which bead am I on? What did I say? And I just, honest, I'm a kid. I'm saying, there's no way I'm going to do this. I mean, I, I just got other things to do. That was not prayer. Do you hear me? That is not what Jesus taught us to do. That is a vain repetition. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just telling you, this set me free. As a child, I didn't know what, I didn't know that the scriptures, like when I began reading, I thought, my goodness, I was taught all these vain repetitions over the years that won't, that don't set you free. They lead you deeper into darkness because you're, you're, you're expending energy, you're expending time, but it's not working. What is prayer? Believing God. Taking God at his word and refusing to accept anything else. Prayer is taking authority over situations in your life. Prayer is knowing how much he loves you. Prayer is talking to him and letting him talk to you. There's no card. There's no formula. He's alive and he wants to say things to you. And I can't give you a packet to tell you what that's going to be. You've got to hear him for yourself. You need to hear God for yourself. You need to have a relationship with God for yourself. There's no school for this. 
In man's effort to gain knowledge, he's built schools, and what he's done is put up walls between God and man. You don't need a school. You need to talk to your father, and you need to let him talk to you. One word from him will change the rest of your life. Do you know John the Apostle said that we couldn't write down all the things that Christ did? At the end of the Gospel of John, he said if we tried, there isn't enough room in all the world to hold the books that we would write. This is not everything that God wants to say to you. It's the Word of God, and it is complete, and it's inspired. But God has things to say to you that are relevant to 2018. It doesn't, I can't find one scripture with an iPhone in here. Or it will show me how to fix my MacBook. It's just not in here. There are things you need to navigate in 2018 that, aren't, that weren't around. They didn't have the Internet. I'm not putting the Bible down. The Bible is alive and it is relevant to everything in 2018. But God will speak to you very specifically about your workplace. And it won't always be a scripture, quote for quote. He might say, go talk to Debbie. And you're in the middle, you're in your cubicle doing your thing, and the Holy Spirit speaks to you and puts this person on your mind. And Debbie's over there working, and, and you're like, well, I don't want to interrupt Debbie. She's working. I've got to get this done. And, and you keep going, the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart. Go talk to Debbie. Just go stand by her cubicle. And you go and do it. This is relationship. This is prayer. It's you talking to God and God speaking to you. He's not a book. He never has been. He never will be. He's God. Thank God for the Bible. I absorb it as much as I can and will for the rest of my life. It's, it's the only book I really ever want to read because it's the Word of God. But I recognize God is not ink and He's not paper. That He's a living, breathing God. Hallelujah. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> Let your petitions and praises. Am I still in the message? Let your petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Talk to him about things that are troubling you. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything Go ahead to the next verse, verse 7. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. There is nothing you can take that will do this for you. No substance. As well save yourself a lot of time and money. The peace you're looking for is found in relationship with the one who made you. Peace belongs to you. And God wants you to have more of it than you've ever known in your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, 
Thank you, Lord, for your peace. Thank you, Lord, for your peace. Thank you, Lord, for your peace. Thank you for calming every troubled heart here. Thank you for calming every troubled mind. Hallelujah. Thank you for it, Lord. I am interested in you experiencing the abundant life Christ came to give you, and that's why we... We're in this building, and that's why we do what we do. And what I'm sharing with you today is essential, to meditate on who he is and begin to worship him for it, to begin to praise him, to begin to thank him. This is how we're going to close it. Real quick, we're going to look at Second Chronicles 20, where we were last week, and then we're going to praise God with a few scriptures, okay? I'm not going to read Second Chronicles 20. I'm just going to hit some high notes, but you remember from last week and if you didn't hear the message last week, uh, just so you know, our podcast, the full library, is once again available uh, directly through our website. So praise God for that. Yes. Um, yes. But the iTunes show is still not working. So the iTunes show, hopefully that'll be fixed this week. But you can go directly to highwaychurch.us, go to the media page, or just scroll down to the footer and touch on the podcast link, and our full library is there now. But listen to last week's message. You'll be so glad you did. So last week, uh, see, when you, we're, we're changing the way we live, right? I'm not talking about don't drink, don't smoke. I, I'm talking about what you think about, okay? I'm not talking about these external things. Stop trying to change the outside. Let's just get ourselves full of Jesus, okay? Let's just meditate on Jesus, okay? The outside will take care of itself. So as you begin to meditate on Jesus and then praise him that what he said is true in your life, you're going to see yourself differently. You're going to like yourself. You're going to like you. You're going to like you. You really are. If it wasn't for my relationship with Jesus, I would not like myself. I am very disappointed in myself. Just being honest with you. I have been very disappointed in myself. If I would take myself back with a receipt and get my money back. <laughs> if I had the receipt, but I can't find it. But Jesus has taught me to love myself. To think of myself differently. In a healthy way. It's time to love yourself. I'm not talking about arrogance or conceit. It's time to value who God made you to be. So this changes the way you see. And when you begin to do these things, take time to meditate in the Word. Praise Him that it's true in your life. He's going to give you victorious strategies for your life. And that's all I wanted to pull out of 2 Chronicles 20. You remember that, that enemies have come against, physical armies and nations have come against Israel. And they know, they just the king doesn't even have to... to, to to figure it out, he knows we cannot beat this enemy. They go to the Lord, and the Lord encourages them. He says, do not fear. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. Uh, this, uh, the battle's not yours. It's mine. He tells them to, to position themselves, to be still. Let's see. Where can we go here? So verse 20 of Second Chronicles 20 
At the end of verse 18, they begin worshiping the Lord because God brings his word into their life. So basically, they have trouble. They have big trouble. They have life-threatening trouble. And instead of being afraid, they turn to the Lord and they seek him and he speaks to them. And he will do the same to you if you'll turn to him. He tells them to not be afraid. He says, I'm the one who fights your battles for you. Just go out and face them. I'm going to take care of it. But if you'll notice, and again, for time's sake, I'm not going to go through it. But if you'll notice, he doesn't give them any specific details about the next day. I found this to be the case in my walk with the Lord. He'll encourage me, but I don't get all the details as to how that's going to happen. You don't need them. Just take that step and watch him. So he told them that I'm going to fight this battle for you. Just be still, stand still, and watch me do it. But he didn't tell them how. So what I want to say is this. Then they go into worship mode. They begin to praise him. They begin to worship him. And it says in verse 19, with a loud voice, they stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And I've had people in my life over the years, when they, when they saw how I praised God, were offended that I was so loud. He's just too real to me. I can't be quiet. And, and it's too late. I've known him for too long. You're not going to change me. He's done too much in my life. He's saved me too many times. I'm going to shout for the rest of my life. And when you start experience, when you go from religious tradition into fellowship with God, you're going to shout. And it's going to be a shout of joy. So they begin to, I want you to see this, they begin to worship the Lord. They begin to praise Him with a loud voice. You know that quiet place I'm talking about? It's quiet in a sense where you're not going to be disturbed by other people. But it's very loud because you're going to be praising Him. Right? I mean, I'm in a home with a family, but I'm sure my family can hear me sometimes singing or shouting and doing things because I'm praising Him in my quiet place. With a loud voice, and they rose early in the morning. And that's what this does. You're worshiping God. You begin praising Him. Say, thank you, Lord, for your joy leading the way of my life. Thank you for working things out of my job. Thank you for, for all of my needs being met according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And you begin shouting His name and praising Him. And, and then, then you go out in the morning. Boy, this is it. He's giving me a pattern for living right here. You wake up and you'll worship Him. Early in the morning. Now, don't turn this into a religious doctrine. I'm not saying you have to get up at a certain hour. But start your day with him. Start this new set of hours with him. And start, start by worshiping him. He's better than coffee. He'll wake you up like caffeine never could. And I like coffee. Early in the morning. And then they're encouraged to believe the Lord God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. They have no uh, detailed instruction from God. But here, because they've been worshiping him, the plan unfolds. And look at the plan that unfolds in their lives. Verse 21. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, I don't know about you, but if I didn't know the Lord, I would not follow this plan. 
I thought, okay, the king has lost his mind. I'm getting out of this country and I'm going somewhere safe, right? Isn't this a ridiculous plan? Come on. This, this is just not what you would normally come up with if you're going to, you have a, a situation, right? I mean, let's, let's get more weapons. Let's hire some armies from different countries. Let's get some subcontractors in here. Let's do this thing, right? Or let's get out of here. But put singers in front. Here's what I want you to get today. We've gotten through all this to get to this point. What God wants to do in your life, you can't come up with the way for it to happen. You can't. Because it's a God thing. So when I get alone with Him, I'm letting Him be God. And let Him give me the insight as to how this is supposed to happen. And I know there are a lot of seminars and conferences, 10 steps to your miracle and, and how to do this and how to do that. And I'm not against those things. But what I do want to encourage, what is much better, is knowing God for yourself. And I'd be amazed at all of the, and I, I, I love reading people who have, have taken what's inside of them and developed it and been successful. I love reading autobiographies. But I notice something that everyone's different. Even within the same industry, fast food. I just thought of that. I mean, they're all different, you know? You think, well, isn't one fast food place enough? No. There's a place for you in this world. What God has put inside of you is only in you. And people say, you really need another book? Does there really another book need to be written? Yes. Whatever God's put in you needs to be released in the earth. And your praise and your intimacy with Him will unlock the plan for what's in you to be released. And don't be alarmed if it seems a little unorthodox. Because this was not, this plan was not uh, something that, that was in the, taught at the war college. All right? So God wants to give you a Holy Spirit strategy for whatever industry you're in, for whatever it is that's inside of you. See, he's looking at you and he's saying, I want everything inside of you to be released and to fully manifest in this earth because what's in you will change the world around you. Hallelujah. That's all the time we have for. Father, thank you. Thank you so much. Holy Spirit. We revel in you. We receive you. We look to you. You're our counselor. You're the one who gives us counsel. Holy Spirit, remind us to come to you first for counsel. To not react out of fear and to pick up the phone and call somebody or to run down the street or to, to Google but to look to you, to listen to you, knowing you have the answer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. We are so thankful that we don't have to chase after or try and find peace, that you've given us peace, that you are our peace. Thank you. 
for paying the price for us to have peace for the rest of our lives. We refuse to be afraid. We refuse to be scared for a moment. You, Holy Spirit, are the one we trust. You're the one we look to. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.